This podcast is brought to you by, 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 by Civic Tech Innovation Network in partnership with Voice of Vet. Hello, I'm Mabatu Munzi and your host. Today I'm speaking to Zine Ngukwan. Zine is Chief Executive Officer of Linde Mahle Management Systems, a 100% female-owned information communication and technology accredited training service provider. Linda Mahle Management Systems was the first black female-owned South African company signed as partner to Google in the Digital Skills for Africa program. She is passionate about women and youth development and has devoted her life in doing philanthropic work with this group. As a mentor and coach, she also gives talks locally and internationally on women empowerment and SMME development. She believes investing in women's economic empowerment sets a direct path towards gender equality, poverty eradication, and inclusive economic growth. She is also the National Deputy President of Progressive Blacks in ICT. Welcome to our Leading in Technology episode. Uh, thank you so much for the introduction, Mabato. Um, thank you so much. Tell us about how you started Linda Mathe Management Systems. In 2011, I was in a position of a, an executive director. So I was an executive director of corporate services in one of the parastatals, mostly managing a corporate um, services division. So when I started Linda Mathe, when I thought of going and doing it alone um, in 2010, I had just been at, uh, you know, that year, one of the, uh, the business women of the year 2010 finalist that year. So I decided maybe let me just try and was younger, was the youngest of the group, um, younger than 40. So I said, okay, maybe let me just start this thing on my own. Then I decided to open the Linda Matter Management System and I was not really sure whether to really do it as a consultant, but I was very much in, in love, still am, with the skills development. And I got it registered. And I also then looked for accreditation within my city center because I felt even way back then that whether we like it or not, innovation is something that it will always be there. It, it, it keeps on coming, it keeps on coming. So I thought, let me get into skills development. Then within skills development, specifically the ICT. So I started it way back in 2011, um, then got accredited with my city center at that time. So what does Linda Matley Management Systems uh, do exactly? We offer skills development. We train unemployed youth on ICT skills. And over the years, we've, we've acquired a lot of accreditation and we've partnered with a lot, lot of other companies. I think you've mentioned in the introduction, we offer a strict ICT skills development to unemployed youth, to SMMEs, to women. We work with universities and colleges around that. Right now, we focus mainly on the fourth industrial revolution um, skills development. If, if you know, um, the Minister of Communication talks a lot about um, the skills within the fourth industrial revolution, and she's looking for about, um, by 2030, she's looking for about a million data scientists. So we ventured into all that. So we are assisting um, what government is looking for by year 2030, um, so that we also are 
you know, are skilling the nation. Fantastic. Would you say you have specific programs for women and a different type of program for, for youth? And why those two particular groups? I wouldn't say the different programs per se that pertaining women as such or pertaining youth. Because if you're talking technology, if you're talking skills within ICT, but if you're talking data scientists, if you're talking Internet of Things, if you're talking programming, that, you know, that has to go to everyone who's out there. So we don't have, have a specific one for, for women. But our, our vision and mission as Linda Matter, we've taken upon ourselves that as we go out there, our, the groups that we look for mostly are youth and women. But when we go out and train, it's exactly the same. We really are much interested in women and youth because they usually are the marginalized groups. Correct. That is absolutely correct. I mean, we all know that women have previously been disadvantaged. I think the gap still exists in society where women are not necessarily getting the opportunities equally as their male counterparts. We have a problem in South Africa of youth unemployment. And so I do think the two groupings should be a priority. And and it is really fantastic to know that your programs are specifically geared to upskill women and youth. Now, the past 12 months have been a nightmare for all of us. COVID pandemic has just turned our lives upside down. How has it affected your business operations? I'll be lying to you if, if, if I said we, we are not affected. We still are affected right now. Um, as you may know, in any case, all of us know, you know, in this room here, well, if it's not even globally for that matter, um, we have not worked. Um, at all. Uh, there were no opportunities. I think for us at Linda Matley, it really hit us quite quite badly because most of the things that we do, excuse me, we, we work with universities and colleges. So when they closed um, way back in March last year, we were just about to start a particular uh, contract with one of the uh, huge colleges here in Gauteng. Um, which has got over 5,000 students. You can imagine the joy that we had at Linda Matley to be impacting that. We're going to be starting from lecturers right down to the students, as well as the admin personnel within that college. We're just about to start. And it was such a joy because we had just completed um, and signed off with UNESA. Right in March, when we're about to start in April, the, 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 the country closed. So that contract fell through in a way because it was mostly based on, on physical um, training we are going to be going there and we found that even though we are very much capable from Linda Matlet to be doing these things online we could train but believe you me the four of us in this room yeah we think these things are easy go down to the townships go down to these colleges go down to these universities people don't know what it means to work online we needed them to train those lecturers so basically that fell true before we even started. And things went down the hill after that, because um, even though government tried to, to put up programs to assist us as SMEs, but some of us, which is not, if it's not um, a majority of us, we didn't qualify for whatever that was put there because the stringent measures that were put for, in order for you to get assistance from government because we, we were not working. There's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but yeah. It has been quite bad. It has been quite bad. From a business perspective, I absolutely get where you're coming from. I myself am an entrepreneur. I had to close the business down last year because I just could not afford to maintain pay salaries from my pocket and so on. But um, 
you know, these circumstances have forced us to look within and find different ways of doing things, which really uh, takes me to wanting to find out about how you've had to improvise. What are the leadership skills, ways of doing things differently that you have been forced to learn during this period? You, you learn to improvise, you start here at home, you start here at home. But when it comes to business, is that, you, you know, there are certain innovative ways of, of, of doing things, trying to minimize the cost. Of course, um, nobody has been working in offices anymore, you know, doing things at home. And um, of course, in investing rather on getting um, the, the, the unkept Wi-Fi type of thing and, and looking and doing the shopping out there in terms of what is it that will suit you better for both the home needs as well as the as a business needs. And again, whatever little income that comes, which it was, it was barely, because it was bare, or whatever that you have in, in your savings and see how do you distribute. You know, financial management now really comes in handy, quite handy. And of, of course, certain leadership skills, I suppose, they, as a leader, they just come naturally in terms of how do how then, how do you move out of this, you know, you know this space. So um, I, I can't quantify and say to you, this is what I had to, to learn to do differently, but I know that it's certain things they had to be cut off, um, who to talk to in as far as now trying to, to make ends meet. We just had to, to minimize, just to see what is it that we can do so in order for us to survive here at home, here as a business, and 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 re restructure your thoughts, re-strategize, re-look into uh, the model of your business. What exactly do you would, would you want to do? What should you be concentrating on at this particular time and leave the others in order for you to at least survive? Uh, luckily, we didn't close as such, but I think most of us were five to closing. But um, yeah, it, it's just a plethora of things that you you, you just look around yourself, and it, it it forced you to do a lot of self introspection. Well, I hope we never have to experience another COVID nineteen pandemic or or anything <laughs> similar to it. Yes, it 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 really has uh, been a very challenging period for many people. And my heartfelt condolences. I know you, you, you have lost quite a number of family and friends. Um, I sent you strength and healing. Um, on, a, on a different note, though, but still very much related to some of the challenges or difficulties that exists in the information, communication and technology space. Currently, considering that a lot of people, particularly in our country, due to the inequality that exists, due to the high data cost, it's not necessarily very easy for normal average citizens to have access or to upskill themselves to get into the innovation space. What would you say are some of the challenges you have observed women as social innovators or entrepreneurs to be facing in in the sector? Yeah, my bad. Um, you're taking me back. Um, I, I think almost every talk that I've given, um, if, if you check my um, track record of, of giving talks in any of these platforms, particularly in media, it, it goes back to the fact that I think I've already mentioned um, the, the, the the digital divide that you see today, there's a lot of gap between the haves and the have-nots. 
the difference, the regional differences between the, you know, what we have in urban areas versus what they have. I got exposed to the difficulties that people did not even know how to switch on the laptop. How then do you compare my child who started, who studied all her life and their cousins down there in those rural areas cannot even switch on the laptop? Therefore, what it means, if we do not skill and give those people the opportunity to start learning from the basic computer literacy, right up to digital literacy and then information literacy, before you even talk your fourth industrial revolution causes, before you talk big data, before you talk internet of things, before you talk uh, um, cybersecurity, before you talk any of those things, there's basics, basics. This is what I have observed. And there's a lot of work that we need to do. We also need to have our bones out there as women, ensuring that our other women are not left behind. And you cannot, you cannot, I repeat, you cannot do away with starting from the basic computer literacy because that's where it starts. Don't come to me with all these big times that we're using now, the fourth industrial revolution, and giving everything else that we want to train people on when other people cannot even get there. Secondly, the internet connectivity that we're talking about, the broadband connectivity that is, um, you know, everybody is talking of, you're talking spectrum, you're talking all these big, big things. People do not have internet connectivity simply because they also do not have electricity. Some of these things are supposed to be a basic human right. They're supposed to be there in the constitution if you're talking about the basic human right, there, which is, is clause 11 or something like that, and the equality, which is clause 9. We all need to have those things, and they're not being practiced. South Africa is very known, we, you know, with the fact that we've got the best policies, we've got the best uh, constitution, but when it comes to the implementation of the things that we want that are supposed to be benefiting other people out there, there's nothing. These issues can get one pretty worked up because I feel as a country, yes, a lot has been done. However, so much more needs to be done to bridge that divide, to lessen you know the inequality in our society i'm still full of hope i'm not hopeless because of women such as yourself i mean you've done very well uh being recognized by global corporations such as google microsoft and cisco to help with providing this digital literacy training to youth and to women what have these opportunities meant for you and your business and i suppose for the people who are actually benefiting from the programs that you offer and, and the training? What has it meant for, for you? Look, at first, when, when, when I was recognized by corporate, because I think that's where you started, you know, as an entrepreneur, you look at the opportunities. Of course, you always look at, you know, the return of investment in as far as income is concerned. I'm not, I'm not sure I just say it wasn't a very paying program as such in as far as the uh, you know, monetary values concerned, but I looked at it and I said, you know what, this is good. This is going to be good for the country. And it was the, we were the first black, uh, well, not black, we we're the first female-owned uh, um, company in in the whole of Africa that uh, Google had partnered with. Of course, we also happened to be black female-owned. And I looked at that and I saw what is it that it could do for, for the country. I remember when we launched it here in South Africa, Google wanted to come and launch here in South Africa, and they wanted me to choose any place that we could do the launch at. 
Um, I could have chosen anything or any place here in Gauteng. I could have been in Sentin anywhere because Bukli was paying for all those things. Um, and I decided to go to a rural province and we did this in Mutata in the Eastern Cape. I asked, um, now she's the Minister uh, um, of Communications, uh, Minister Stella Ndabin um, Abrams. I asked her to come down with me to Mutata to do that launch. Uh, she was a deputy minister at that, at that time. So the two of us launched it. It's quite good. And we trained, I think we trained over 30,000 people in the, in, in the country, went to all these provinces and appointed people in all these provinces. So I was, I was, I was leveraging on the name Google, of course, um, in terms of also propelling and you know, in the trajectory path that the, the, the company is um, what you know was looking at at that time. Of course, I had all sorts of talks. I was called here and there, so um, it, it really boosted us because there was a time I was called Miss Google. Um, I didn't like it because I didn't want us to be swallowed as Linda Master. But um, it, it really put us somewhere of, of critical importance. It was the impact that it was doing out there in terms of the people that were training. I recorded some stage. I even partnered us spoke to Semtech. And when we're going to be doing a, a mini launch somewhere in, again, still in the Eastern Cape, Centec came came on board and they, they gave them connect, um, satellite connectivity for a year uh, because of the efforts that we had made, you know, as Linda Marshall. Certain places in, in KZN, we, we also had places that would go there. Again, I've just forgotten the name of the, of the municipalities. So we worked a lot with the municipalities um, to do this. Um, to work even here in Gauteng at some stage, I met um, the premier, I worked with his office uh, because he, he liked it, what we were doing. We, there was a, in, in Nazareth, we had something in Nazareth and the premier came uh, with one MEC, um, some of the MECs, they liked the program that we were doing. So we, we, it, it really put, people saw the value in what Google was doing. And we were not sitting down as Linda Matlis when I was all over the show. So it has, it, it has made um, a, a lot of impact. And when we signed on with, with, with Cisco, as Cisco Networking Academy, it was based on the work that we already done with Google. So people see what you're doing with somebody else, and then they came on board. And we also signed on with IBM, because now we've got IBM. We're also offering um, Africa Digital Nation program with you know, with them, um, in Microsoft, we have a, a, a very good working relationship with them. So all these things built built up from what we're doing with Google, which was which was the first one. University of South Africa as well. Now that we've signed both. I suppose, um, you know, for me as a person, um, all those things and the work that I've done over the past nine years has resulted in what I think I told you on Monday when I got the the, the recognition. Uh, as a, a one of the top hundred women leaders in the globe, or globally—that's how they call them—when they give it, they gave us an award on Monday on International Women's Day, um, as you know, leadership award uh, um, globally. So for me, it, I think it has put me in, 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 a, in a pedestal that now I know the work that I I have been doing. But Linda Marshall has made an impact. And it's inspiring. The work that you're doing is very inspiring. Your tenacity, the will to keep on going, uh, because you understand that the work that you're doing is more than just about you. Um, which takes me really to wanting to find out from you, 
How do you think women can support each other? Women uh, social innovators, women tech entrepreneurs. How do you think they can help support each other in these spaces that are not necessarily the best of spaces for women because of the challenges that exist? What advice would you give to to women entrepreneurs? We really, 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 as um, as women, need to support each other. When you see another woman being young, old, because a maturity in business and leadership has got nothing to do with age as such, because I could be older than you or you could be younger than me, but I could learn a lot from you. We need to be able to uplift each other through mentorships, through coaching each other, through developing each other, through really talking to each other. And also even you being honest about what you know and what you don't know and going out there and seeking advice. I know a lot of people talk of the pull head down syndrome. I'm not going to say it's there or it's not there, but we need to be able to recognize the potential that the other women have got. We need to be able to, um, you know, pass on the baton to the next generation of leaders. We can start small, small thing, that mentoring the other person, that giving advice to the next person, with money or without money, it really doesn't matter. As long as you're making an impact, that person is changing that one person. You may not be able to change a hundred one, but that one person who's listening to you and hearing who you are and looking at you and thinking that, wow, I want to be the next Zine. I want to be the next treasure. I want to be the next Mabato. Give that person the opportunity. Let them walk in your shoes. Don't hide the fact that you've got difficulties. Don't hide the fact that you sit down in your corner, you know, sometime and cry your eyes out. But you get out of that corner, you wash, wash your face, you put on your, your, your lipstick and you go out there and smile and look for the opportunities again. So therefore, really just transfer the skills to the next person. Just transfer, just transfer. It's all that we need to do because no one else speaks for us now. We are our own voices. No one, they talk a lot. They write things a lot. But when it comes to implementing these things, they choose who they want to give these things. What about you and I who are not known? I think what you are saying is so important and it, it is so profound around being authentic as a leader, being authentic as a person. I think it goes a long way in being able to build stronger relationships. For example, the fact that you're saying when things are not going well, when you are challenged, being able to cry and sharing with the next person to say, you know what, I'm having a terrible day. I'm struggling with X, Y and Z. That is what gives people courage as well, because people may be looking up to Zine and all these amazing things that she's doing, the global recognition that she's getting, not knowing that you also have your struggles. So I think it's it's a really good thing to impart and to encourage so that others, so that younger people also get to see that it is not all smooth sailing, you know, because I think we, because of the times we're in, we we have this thing, especially as younger people of, of thinking that everything is easy and thinking that, you know, you, you want it today, you get it tomorrow. Whereas it is not like that in the real world. So I really appreciate that that is one of your values. That is how you conduct yourself. Because I think it is valuable in allowing other people to also share their struggles 
it just makes us better leaders, I I think. You know, it depends on, you know, how you view yourself, you, you know, how you carry yourself, the integrity that, you, you know, surrounds you, and, you know, the principles, the morals and the values that you carry around yourself, your reputation and all that. So, and being real and being very authentic, and people get to understand that you are actually real. You, you, you are real, the struggles and everything, the tears and all that, the blood and sweat. But at the same time, the fact that I am here now or you are here now, you can be, you've learned something along the way, then you can share with the other person so that maybe they may do the things better than you have done. But never change who you are for anyone. Never, ever change who you are for anyone. You're always going to be you and there's just one you. And, and then people need to understand that when they deal with you, you are this person. Things are in black and white or in gray and black, however way you want to be known. Be you, your integrity, your values. People must know that when they come and knock at your door, that's what they got to get. It also makes it very easy for, for people to deal with you because they know exactly what they're getting. Like said, we cannot stress that enough in my view. However, I do want to ask you, what are, what are your plans for your business and for yourself going forward as we get to our conclusion? Linda Master is going to grow by God's grace. It is going to grow more than where we are now at the moment. I think we're not even anywhere close where we want to be kept. Um, you know, I'm allowed to dream. I am looking at us having that, you know, academy, <clears throat> because we call ourselves Linda Master Academy. But it built up a proper running Linda Matla Academy that is partnered with the, you know, the other universities already we've done with UNISA or any other university. But again, that caters, an academy that caters for um, your underdogs. So I would want us to, to have, you know, that academy that would cater for even the kids who cannot make it at, at, at university as far as um, how they have passed um, their metric, but we can start them you know, and give them proper skills as well as with all the partnerships that we are having, and then we have your Microsofts, we have your Googles, we have your, your, your IBMs, or any other one that we'll be partnering with in future, ensuring that these kids, they can get jobs day after they have studied um, a year or two years or three years within the market. So those are the plans that I have in, in future, and God willing, uh, you know, uh, he will give that to us. So, so that, that's why I'm thinking we've we, been we building up all these partnerships. We also have got a partnership with another well-known um, education institution in India. We signed off with them in 2015. We, we can offer right up to a master's degree with them. Um, we are an academic partner to them. We have not really done much because things did not pick up. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at all those things and I'm saying, please, God, give this to me and, and I would want Linda Matla to be able to employ as many people as we possibly can, which then we, we um, contribute to, towards, uh, you know, poverty eradication through employment of other people. And um, that, that's where I'm at. I don't think I would want us to leave the skills development because I think that's where the future is at. As much as we also do programming when we write systems within Linda Matla, but that's not really what we want to focus on. Thank you so much, Zine, for your time and the conversation this morning. 
your the work that you do is really inspiring and i'm more than certain that you will achieve your goals because i think the work that you do is more than just about you so you will definitely get the help that you need to achieve it and to and and to make the difference that you really want to make i hope you were inspired and enjoyed the conversation look out for our next episode as we speak to Neyusha Roshani from Global Black Youth and focus on social innovation, technology and black youth. Goodbye. This podcast was brought to you by Civic Tech Innovation Network in partnership with Voice of Vets.